Welcome to Wellness and Wonder, a worldwide podcast. Composed of voices that cross the heart and mind. Welcome back to Wellness and Wonder for another episode number 27. Today's topic is again art. With Nicola Sorbach, a gallerist and passionate of arts in front of me now, I reminded myself of the beauty that is behind nomadic galleries, a traveling exhibition in space, which gives us the sensation of reflection, exploration, efforts, and mostly about the importance of sustaining artists all over the world. A problem within uh, the art gallery world nowadays is the manipulation uh, of the territory, giving the artist the possibility to exhibit only thanks to the finance connected to it. Well, every artist defined as artist deserves to exhibit. And thanks to the concept of the nomadic gallery, the space is given uh, to emerging artists and talents to exhibit in exponent galleries, even if only for a period of time. Not everyone can afford to buy art, but Nicolas uh, created an exhibition where the artists were not only very special and amazing, but the prices were also human. In the art uh, world galleries, there should be less corruption and more freedom of expression and less competition and more love for connection. That's why I can't wait to introduce you to Nicola Sorbach and this amazing artist, Daniel Brusatin, a powerful artist that is already here with us too. Hi guys, how are you? Hi, Francesca. Hi Fran, thank you for having us. <laughs> So nice to see you. So uh, first, I would love to introduce Nicolas, and then, of course, uh, I'm going to ask your amazing story, uh, Daniel. So, Nicolas, uh, why are you so passionate about art, and how did you start this adventure of yours? Why? Well, I guess uh, it, it's a family thing. You know, my, my mother's a photographer. Uh, my grandfather was an antiquary. He was uh, a specialist in uh, René Lalique jewels. And wow. also we had a, a great, great, great grandfather who was also a collector. Uh, but all of these, actually, I, uh, I, I got to know it later on. So I kind of like connected the dots. And really, I was just really exposed to art uh, most of my life. I've uh, been going to museums since my very early age. And but I never, you know, thought of it as uh, possibilities of a, of a career, you know. But it was only just recently that I, you know, told myself that, uh, you know, the creative possibilities that offered, you know, this, um, this realm that is art, you know, would be would be interesting for me to follow. Amazing. Uh, so, uh, you know, we, uh, I have started out with this with this amazing project, and uh, and uh, you know, it, it makes me actually very happy to be to be doing this. And you are amazing. You also, you're an amazing host, first of all, and <laughs> not so much about art. And uh, last time talking you, to you, I realized that actually you are in touch also with uh, many uh, artists from all over the world, like, of course, Daniel, and I'm going to interview yeah. you soon, but also in Japan. So what's your plan? What's your goal behind this well, adventure? The thing is, you know, when I um, started out with this project, uh, with, this, with this gallery, with this nomadic gallery, I told to myself, you know, I just, I don't want to be just another... Uh, contemporary art gallery and I had the chance to go to uh, to Japan uh, quite sometimes and when I was there um, I, I met incredible people uh, within the art industry whether uh, they were artists whether they were uh, art dealers or collectors and you know I told to myself if I would ever uh, do something on my own like a gallery 
it would have to to be with Japan uh, in some sense. And and when the time came uh, to do my own my own project, uh, I I just very naturally I just called all these amazing artists that I've been uh, that I've met over there. So uh, and I told them about the project of, uh, of going to London and of maybe, you know, exhibiting them. Uh, and they all, you know, responded very positively because um, also, you know, the thing, the, 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 the thing that I told to myself is that when we think of Japanese art, you know, there's, uh, you know, always the same few names that uh, pop in. Uh, and I feel that uh, there is so much more about uh, art that is happening over there that I, awesome. I made a mission, a mission to myself to actually you know, go there uh, and and pull out some artists and actually have them exhibit here. Uh, and, yeah, and as we could see from the last exhibition you organized, that was the, the West with the East combined together. I loved Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Daniel art was completely different from the Japanese artist, but they were merging perfectly. Absolutely. And you know, the thing is, I, I actually, I, I, uh, I settled down in London about four months ago. And when I came here, my initial project was to uh, exhibit uh, Yuki Nara's uh, ceramics, uh, who's a Japanese artist. Yeah. Uh, but the, you know, fate had it otherwise because you know, two days after my quarantine, I uh, I was introduced uh, to Daniel by a very dear friend of mine, uh, and when he invited me over to his studio, I uh, I got really I fell in love with his environment and with his, with his art and with his language, his, plas his plastic language. Yeah. And we, you know, eventually uh, started talking about, you know, uh, well, uh, having a show of Daniel uh, here in London. And uh, when I showed, uh, you know, the ceramics of Yuki, you know, we started, uh, you know, conceptualizing a bit of what this exhibition could be. And if we, if, uh, you know, both works would uh, eventually, you know, uh, um, connect. Uh, and and so we, we started out, you know, in this in this path, and then actually it, it went very well. Actually, it went very well. At, at your exhibition last time, there were like at least three hundred people coming and go, like incredible. Yeah, um, yeah, it was amazing. Uh, we also, so, because of the art that we were absolutely we were super surprised actually, because uh, well, I don't know what there are only people in London, you know, but uh, you know, uh, the yeah. good thing is that there's been a lot of word of mouth, and and also the most important thing is that we. Uh, we have put up a quality exhibition, which is what we want to do here. Yes. Uh, we want to have, uh, you know, an interest, interesting, you know, stuff to say about uh, about Danielle and about Yuki's work and about what is uh, the, this whole connection is about. Uh, yeah. And I think we have succeeded in that because, you know, totally. many people were actually very, you know, genuinely interested in, interested in curious uh, about what is uh, what is this all about. Yes, you know, I think we have succeeded in that. See, I, I, I can prove it. I can prove it. I love the energy and I love talking to Daniel, actually. love the fact that Daniel was there. And uh, now I'm going to start uh, asking, you asking you a few questions, Daniel. And you were explaining the story of the, the works, the art, so we could feel your energy. I found it amazing. I think it's an amazing concept what you created, uh, Nicolas, to also to have the artist behind the, the exhibition, because that's what we want. Right. We want to be in touch with the artist, not only with the piece of art, because they all come from you, Daniel. So um, if you agree, Nicolas, I'm going to start uh, interviewing your artist. Of course. And uh, so uh, I have to say, I read your book, Daniel, to have, of course, uh, uh, a whole idea of your work and everything. So can you tell us about your story and traditional techniques uh, and act of making art where, since I've been, of course, visiting you lately, the honest interaction uh, that opens 
really a window to a state of uh, primordial humanity. It's amazing. Tell us a bit about uh, how did you start this uh, career? Uh, well, art started when I was very young. I was a, I grew up very close to my grandfather, who was an architect. So and, uh, and my parents work with flowers. Wow. Um, very so creative. I grew up, sorry? Super creative family then, all of you. Yeah, and 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 it, and it had a, an exposure both to the to the sort of creation of humans and the creation of nature, and I grew around both things at the same time. And uh, and I think I was always interested in in the in between, in the things that are created both by us but by nature at the same time, and the places where the line of creation and creativity blur, and you don't know if. Um, if what you're seeing is the hand of the artist or, or is the actual real physical elements uh, that are presenting themselves. When, when, when I started this uh, series of works, uh, I was interested, which I still am, which is one of my, uh, the sort of cornerstone uh, aspects of my work. Yeah. Uh, the idea of, of language and curiosity is the input and output of information for humans the things that uh that we need to see we're always uh, we we have a kind of obsession a kind of necessity to absorb information constantly and in the same way we have we have this necessity to 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 pass it through to create some sort of language whether it's written spoken whether it's art whether it's uh something that you make or you paint or whatever it is uh, we create a language and we make marks and these marks uh, somehow take this information that we have inside and put it into a into a, a timeline, a language that is shared by all humanity, by all society. Mm. And, uh, and the relationship between, between those aspects of humanity fascinates me. And that's where the idea of, its, of this exhibition kind of started. I, I started studying uh, semiotics and visual language and that took me to Japan to to study alphabets that uh, wow. where each character has a big meaning unlike our characters that only represent sounds these characters carry stories behind and thinking about Marx and thinking about you know I was um, I was trained in Florence in a very sort of traditional craft centered um, school of art uh, so I've always been fascinated with the things that we can make, the, the, the craft, the reality, the discipline in, in matter, uh, these things that connect us to, to what we call real, to what we call reality. Um, in fact, uh, I remember you talking, uh, um, and it stayed impressed in my mind when you talked about the curious case of accidentality in this chaotic, organized world. I love this connotation that you made when, uh, when we met. Can you tell us about uh, this accidentality you have in your works, which I find uh, amazing? Uh, accidentality is something that is very, very important to me because, you know, randomness it's very difficult for us to create randomness. Yes. If you think, uh, if you try to think about a random number between one and 10, you'd immediately go to seven. Yeah. Everybody does. Yeah. You know, five is right in the middle, one and 10 are in the extremes, three is too little. <laughs> so everybody ends up to big seven. Too much structure. Yeah. And um, so creating randomness, creating something beyond our knowledge is very difficult. Yes. But all systems, 
of the universe tend to chaos in some sense. And, uh, and if you allow chaos, if you allow entropy, if you allow nature to just happen, things that you didn't have in mind appear. And these things uh, will always show you new things. The freedom of expression, love it. Uh, and most of the greatest inventions of humanity have come out of accidents. And uh, an accident, you know, an accident can be bad if you are very fixed in a purpose and this is exactly what you want. And if the outcome is not that, it can be a bad thing. But if what you want is to allow the forces of nature to create on their own and you act as a kind of midwife of the process, you help deliver that um, that sort of force of nature, um, then you can start analyzing and picking certain things out of those accidents, out of those that chaos. And it's a way of being in absolute control by losing control, by letting control go. Like and dancing. We are in control, losing control, dancing. While you do this with your hands, creating with your expression. It's amazing. Exactly. And it forces you to be more present in life. You know, it forces you to be more mindful to understand the things that are happening around you, to understand the forces then, and what nature tries to tell you. It's yes, kind of because the world. by nature, we have to let it go. And sometimes we do it in the wrong way, while through art, we can let it go in a very healthy way. Thank you for reminding us this. In fact, when I uh, was looking at your art, uh, you, I, I felt that uh, not everything is predicted in life. So in the art world, we can express this flow flowing through our body, getting and bringing the message into the external world, let it be and let it go. Amazing. And so I have another question for you, Daniel. Uh, so uh, what, you are Colombian and you, you live for many years in Italy. In Italy. Uh, can you describe your emotions while you create art? Because of course uh, you have this uh, wild soul and also this uh, focus behind your experience as being an artist is never easy. So uh, describe your emotions to inspire other artists. Uh, that's a very difficult question. I mean, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm always thinking about art and I'm always reading about, you know, everything from art to physics, to psychology, to how we think and see the world. And, uh, and that is kind of what I do in my free time. When I'm working, I try to not think about any of that. And I try to, ah, okay. to have a dialogue with what's happening right in front of me. If, if you start, one of the most important parts of my process is the process itself, is seeing what happens when you make art, when you are in touch with the materials, when, when you grab a piece of something, whatever it is, and, and you start familiarizing yourself with it, it kind of eventually starts to talk and it tells you what it wants. It tells you how it wants to be shown. It tells you how, uh, what it wants to be shown with. Um, and uh, yeah, and I think, it, I think it's a, it's in a sense, it's a kind of way of meditation because it kind of connects you to everything that is around around your world, around your process, around in my studio, all the little things that I find. I keep collecting objects and things that might make no sense at the time, but eventually three years later, like this is perfect for this yeah. painting. And it's kind of been sitting there waiting uh, without you knowing. Um, 
so yeah i mean in terms of emotions of course we all go through a through a very broad spectrum all the time but um i think the most important thing is just to be open to everything so cool what you said because for me it actually that's why sometimes i I quit my drawing or because there are too many emotions involved. So the idea is to detach your emotions and to and to just focus on what you're doing, which is which is not very easy. I mean, as a, an artist, you know better than anyone. Uh, thanks for uh, telling this. And uh, I know also that the experimentations uh, um, you says in your book becomes the only path to involve the artistic language. So experimentations is part of it, less emotions and more experimentations. So would you say that each piece of your work is different from one other? Oh, absolutely. I don't, uh, like, first of all, I don't really see the point of sort of repeating myself. And, uh, and because everything is born in the process when I'm working on something and yeah. And I have a kind of, there's always a kind of idea of what you're trying to make, but it, that always changes while you're making it. And when you're making it, uh, you will find little things that will uh, tell you what to do next. So it's always a kind of evolution on the previous work. It's always a little path. And, uh, and even though you might see my work, and if you kind of look around the back, most of the works that you see are mine. And, and there's a lot of seemingly different things but once Absolutely. you put that in a chronological timeline you will see very clearly the, the sort of step by step how one thing transforms into something completely completely different it's true and even if they, they are made of pieces and of mati different materials altogether, there is this visual poetry which i love and that's what i thought with my cuban friend while we we're watching your art there is poetry behind even though it's made of materia materials it's incredible and so your exhibition suggests also the importance of the artist's the artist experience is an experience so it's very subjective would you say that uh, each of your friends had a different impression or it was uh, more or less the same impression they have they had i mean the the i suppose there is a there is an over, overall overall lying mood Okay. If, you, if you want that it kind of creates but of course everybody has a completely different experience uh, reading of the work you it, it is impossible to as much as you try it's impossible to detach either your rationality or your emotions out of you know what you're looking at out of your senses so uh you will always read things and project yourself your own background your own fears and passions and loves and you will put a little bit of that into whatever you're reading yeah, amazing so it's always going to be slightly different yes true and also what i felt of course i'm lucky because i've been to the exhibition and to the gallery uh, of nicolas Nomad nomadic gallery so i felt this piece that uh, was felt behind your wild art i call it wild art maybe it isn't but since colombia is the second most uh, biodiverse country in the world the peace and the world of exploration within the art uh, is part of it, even though uh, so different within the culture. So, being a wild soul, would you say you're wild? Are, are you? <laughs> would you say you are a wild soul? And do you transmit it in your works? So, while you work, are you wild, or do you do? Are you more technical? So, this wild Colombian soul is it wild enough or not? <laughs> 
Uh, I think there's a little bit of both in every single work. There's, there's a, a more methodical approach, and I, I'm always working in, bet in between extremities, in between extremes. I'm always Amazing. working between the creation, the creative and destructive powers. There's always rubbing or burning or scratching, and there's so cool. you know little uh, processes that seem kind of aggressive. Uh, but there's also moments of collages that are quite precise and little stitching and uh, and it will all be you know in between in the whole with the whole spectrum of uh, how you yeah. I love the wild part of your art and of the art in general I think is uh, what it means the most to me and um, so what do you expect from uh, from your art usually and from the viewers um, I know it's a difficult question because uh, you just let it be and uh, you are an artist by nature, but uh, do you have any expectations or not before you make any piece of art? Uh, I do in the sense that I want people to have the experience. What that experience is, I, I don't really care. Uh, whatever your experience is, is your own thing and whatever you got <laughs> out of it is your own thing. But <laughs> But that's one reason why my work is so so physical and so sculptural because immediately it engages your physicality, your reality. Your, you have to move around it, you have to look at it from many different angles and it doesn't become a simple intellectual process when you read the work. It becomes a, a human primal thing that you need to look at the shadows and look at the lights and the peaks and the textures and uh, and you read the work in the same way as you walk through a landscape. You have to get involved with the work. Uh, so no I just want people to go through it. Amazing. It's, it's amazing not to have expectations because otherwise we always uh, uh, tend to control also what we do because we always uh, have these uh, expectations in mind. So no expectations is always the best idea and giving our best. Do you agree? Amazing. Yeah, Another questions. Uh, one of the last ones is: uh, Do you think insecurity and sufferance is part of being an artist? As we know, all the poets are very—they um, suffered a lot. They are very deep, uh, deep in the soul. And as we know, depth comes from sufferance. So, do you think these two values are part of being an artist? Yeah. I mean, as we said before, I think in every aspect of art. Uh, you have to believe in the whole spectrum of humanity. So yeah. you, know, you will never feel joy if you haven't felt really low. Uh, I totally agree with you. Yeah. yeah. Nicolas, how do you, uh, what do you think about uh, this, uh, uh, what we are saying? Because you are an artist too, in my opinion, even though you don't paint. Do you think uh, all this is... Uh, <laughs> uh, well, um, what do you think? I am an, I'm not an artist. I, I really, I have, I enjoy it differently in the sense that I am more, uh, I am, I have my feet on the ground, but I, I really uh, connect with, with, uh, with someone like Daniel and that uh, uh, his, uh, that all of his, his, his creativity really inspires me, but uh, uh, I am. Uh, I have. Uh, I analyze it more in a, in a very direct way and more down to earth way. Yeah, 
And last time when we had dinner together, I remember I was asking to your guests uh, about Daniel's work and uh, a particular girl, she told me that she never comes to you, Daniel, while you paint or while you make your art because she doesn't want to interrupt your kind of bubble. So why would you, for example, would you do a live session of, uh, uh, of working uh, on your art or would you prefer to be alone while you work? Like, do you ever work with, with uh, Nicolas, for example, since you trust each other? Uh, I mean, I, I live in my studio. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, all this, what you see here, the ground floor is kind of larger, but this is, uh, this is where I work and upstairs I live and I have guests all the time and, uh, and it is kind of difficult to switch it on and off. And, and you, you have, you know, pro things that are on the way and little drawings that you're working on and little things. And you might be with someone and, and, and things come to your head and you'll move a little bit, <laughs> a little bit of the work. And, uh, and yeah. I do that a lot. I mean, I, I understand why people will say that. But, yeah. um, but no, I think... Uh, you know, I, I, I can't say yes or no, because I just kind of like working whenever work wants to happen. Okay. So you don't matter, even if you're alone or with people, you are focused on what you do. You no, don't. That's so. amazing. Okay. So maybe she was very sensitive toward you. That's why she said that. <laughs> we love it. Um, would, we, would we like to say something regarding this session, guys, a message to the artists? Because now the art world is exploding. As you, uh, as you know, I, I'm in the NFT world now, this digital art world. I love traditional art and I love galleries, but the world is evolving at the same time. And what do you think about this, the digital art? Uh, I mean, my work is very very far from that i know but uh, we need both uh, i think in the world for yeah. people to experience things in life yeah uh, definitely i mean i like the idea of 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 things being tangible uh yeah. of them occupying the same space as we do uh, of things that are made with a higher conscience and uh and I've always kind of run away from uh, mass production and everything that is kind of fashion and factory things that uh, that get made and uh, proliferated to to a sort of infinite extent. Uh, especially today, with you know uh, the new sort of ways of thinking of sustainability and the amount of things that we make. Uh, yes, and. That's why I kind of try to put a, a, a lot of importance into, into craft and the discipline of actually making objects that... Uh, but what I love, Daniel, is because I love your art, is like you can take a picture of your painting and you can connect with other artists showcasing your art digitally. I agree with you, a real artist is a real artist, not digital artist. I mean, not only digital artists, we are all artists if we create in general. But the amazing thing I found of NFT is that you as an artisan, an artist that is not only digital, you can become connected to many other artists just showcasing digitally your art. What do you think about this? Well, yeah, I mean, that's the reason I use social media sort of thing. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, 
But, you know, I, I, I have that problem with my work where, you know, I take pictures of it and because of the physicality of the work, it immediately loses a lot. And, okay. you know, and I have the biggest comment, comment I get when, when people come and see my work at a, at a, in, either in the studio or an exhibition is, you know, wow, it's so much more than what I thought in the picture. Certo. It's the energy also, yeah. Yeah. So that thing, I mean, I, I am the sort of person that, that connects with matter quite like way more than I connect with the screen. Uh, but it's also a matter of taste. Yes, yeah. absolutely. I totally understand you, Daniel. I can get you. Yes. And th there are different arts. Not every art can go digitally or as the same. It doesn't have the same meaning. Absolutely. And um, so the last message for our guests that are going to listen to this amazing podcast session regarding uh, the project of uh, Nico, uh, Niso's project, Nomadi Galleries. Can't wait to follow your next project, Nico. I'm with you. And uh, of course, to present this amazing artist, Daniel Brusatin. What would you say? Uh, the last message to the world and about uh, your mm -hmm. work. Well, I think whatever you do, uh, do it for yourself and do it because it makes you happy to do it. So important. Yeah. This is true. Mostly after COVID, we realized the importance we have. Our own self, our own health, our own happiness. It's everything. Absolutely, yeah. Yes. And you, Daniel? Uh, I, I, I agree with that, but in the same in the same way, I kind of believe that if you're someone who is capable of doing something at, uh, at a high level, uh, you don't only, I believe you don't only have to do it for yourself, but you also kind of have a duty to do it for the sake of others. So that other people who can't do it can see it and can feel it. And uh, so I, I, I understand, and I absolutely believe that you have to do things for the happiness and the fulfillment it gives you. Uh, but I don't, uh, but I also think that, you know, you kind of, we owe as a part of society, a kind of responsibility to, to other people to, to do the things that, that we can for everybody. Yes, in fact, I always say that we need to work to appreciate life and feeling the love, the meaning of love and the sensation of love to be truly happy. So to find this balance is not always easy. We need to work, but to feel the love and creating art and watching art, going to amazing galleries, help us to discover the truth sometimes behind creations. Yes, guys. <laughs> well, it was so nice to interview you. Let's say bye to our guest listening to us. Can't wait for another podcast and I can't wait for your other projects. Nicolas, I would love to interview you again anytime as soon as you have something new coming up. Definitely. Thank you, Francesca. Thanks for having us. Bye, everyone. Bye. Ciao.